Hello, this is Wine Blast. I'm me, he's him. Welcome to what has to be one of our tastiest shows of the year, where we reveal our wine of the year. Yay. Otherwise known as Watty. Uh, oh, Watty. If yeah. sports personalities are spotty, then then yeah, this is Watty. <laughs> we've we've decided that before, haven't we? This is this is the thing, Watty. Oh, uh, welcome, welcome from me. We do, I agree, have a very tasty program lined up for you. Hopefully, it will give you some ideas for delicious wines to buy. And you know, we're really focusing on value this year for obvious reasons. Um, and in this context, we have some outstanding wines lined up, don't we? We do indeed. Um, some very of which exciting. may make you think of what have been your favourite wine and drink experiences mm. this year, which is always a fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and if you've got some recommendations, great recommendations mm. to share, or, I don't know, perhaps some funny stories about wine, whatever, please do get in touch. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, uh, which is a bit like an online answer phone on our website. Uh, we're going to put a link on the show notes, or send us an email to contact at susieandpeter.com, or find us on Instagram, or at the moment Twitter. We're all over that, aren't we? I like the way you say at the moment. It could just be Instagram quite simply. <laughs> it could well be, which would make my life much simpler. Very hard to predict, but exactly. I don't think you'll be mourning it massively. Really. Not really. Uh, talking of getting in touch, uh, we're going to be featuring some of your feedback and questions in this show because they touch on some fascinating topics and also provide some funny moments, uh, which we love. Mm. Um, we'll be recapping also very briefly on our year in podcasts, not to blow our own trumpets, I hasten to add, or indulge in pointless end-of-year navel-gazing. We would dream of it far too much of that anyway uh it's more to take stock of of, of all the sort of water that's passed under the wine blast bridge water i think it's wine isn't it we, we don't have <laughs> okay, much water the, in this house all the wine all oh my god no room for it don't dare think of how much wine has passed under this particular bridge uh and, and maybe all of this will give you ideas of things that you've missed or might want to recap on uh, and probably actually also to remind us of what we need to actually do next year yeah yeah and, and actually on that note we'd love your suggestions as to what you mm. think we should be covering yeah. um again please do get in touch uh we may even do a survey at some point mightn't we survey and there's a threat oh that's that, that, that's Imagine. a big threat isn't it yeah. and also can yeah. I just say I love what you're doing here you're outsourcing the problem aren't you, <laughs> you know, you're threatening people with a survey you do the hard work for us you do the hard work tell us what oh, no tell us what you want to hear now we mm. were aware because we were aware for instance that David D who was a big fan of Tewar restaurant in Covent Garden oh, weren't we, we all that's what we yeah. um, but he's asked us to do an episode on orange wine uh, mm. which he clarifies is and I quote not just hipster wine <laughs> But he'd like to hear about producers like Radicon and Gravner. Yeah, I think he, he'd, he'd be there. quite impressed with um, John Werdeman, uh, who he obviously He featured. would, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'd definitely happily do a programme on Radicon and Gravner, I'll tell you what, uh, and beyond. Uh, great idea. Thanks, David. Uh, please do keep the ideas and, and inspiration coming. Um, we've already done episodes this year on natural wine haven't we after a question mm-hmm. from Nick M uh, and yep. one on wine boxes that was quite Absolutely, fun uh, yeah. after a yeah. question from Andreas T uh, but we're also aware there's a big thirst for episodes on sort of classic areas and topics looking at the sort of stats behind the scenes you know some of our most popular episodes are on things like that things like Bordeaux Burgundy Champagne mm-hmm. so uh, you know is there something you would love us to cover uh, or revisit maybe from another perspective. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, and like we say, please don't feel you have to limit yourselves to the classics. Mm. Uh, you know, some of our most successful episodes have also been sort of bigger picture topics like how to buy wine or investing in wine or. Mm 
build a wine set, wine collection at home. So feel free to suggest something along those lines too. Whatever, yeah, whatever wine, floats your boat. The natural wine episode uh, has actually generated quite a lot of interest too. Mm. You know, so we can do more new wave stuff too. Can we? Can we really? <laughs> we really can. We're not old anyway, we've been sort of almost doing our, 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 our recap of our year in podcasting already, aren't we? Uh, we sort of, sort should we just, of. Should so, we just sort so, of? So, should we just finish it off? Yeah. yeah. Shall we? Yeah, so, yeah. so this this year has been a big with. one for us. Uh, we've gone past a third of a million downloads. Mm which has blown our minds given this slightly homespun pod started out life as a totally kind of unassuming pandemic project with zero marketing mm, budget. Yes. Uh, so this is all down to you, lovely people, spreading the word and supporting this show, for which, as we always say, we are hugely grateful. Yeah, thanks, everyone. You know, please do keep recommending the show far and wide. The bigger we get, the more time, I guess, we can we can dedicate to the show, mm-hmm. which, is, which is win-win. Right, right. Back to the super fast review of our podcasting oh, yeah, year. Yeah. Do you know, do you know how we kicked off 2022? Which amazing wines we featured? I was about to say with the football, but um, <laughs> wines, no. no. That's far too football long ago to remember. Tell me, it's going to be somewhere between Grand Cru Burgundy and cheap Pinot Grigio. And the answer is none. Or nearly yeah. none, because okay. we actually kicked off 2022, maybe not surprisingly, given it was January, etc., etc., uh, by celebrating no and low alcohol drinks yeah, and wine. Of course, of course. Yeah, do you remember? Sharing our anti-recipe, among other things. It's funny because when we start a season, it's not at the beginning of the year, so it no. sort of comes in the middle of the season. I sort of tend to think back to the start of the season rather than yeah. the start of the year. So it was, it was the dry drinking one. Dry drinking, it? absolutely. And, uh, and I think after that, we segued sort of seamlessly into the world of coffee, uh, humiliating ourselves in the process. <laughs> says with a blind tasting. I do remember that. Unless we speak about that, the better. Yes. Uh, and only, I think only after that did we get onto the Grand Cruise stuff mm. um, when you, you you put me on the spot, actually. Mm-hmm. You made me say everything anyone could possibly need to know about Burgundy 2020. At the time, that's what was being tasted. Mm. The 2020 vintage, everything in just five minutes. Well, you did well under pressure. As far did as I? Remember. You know, mm. if I remember right, mm. you were even drinking you. as you did so. Or maybe it was the drinking <laughs> that made it. you cope well under pressure. I don't know. Is that the way you're made? I um, needed it. I needed we did it. also cover Bordeaux this year quite a bit, didn't we? Um, talking yeah, sort of classics. Uh, we looked at the coat, coat de Bordeaux, um, and we gave away cases of the stuff at, mm. at the time. Uh, I also reported back on, on an epic tasting of top Bordeaux estates from the 1982 vintage. I'm you trying need to remind hard us. not to smile while I say that. Um, mm. um, and then, of course, I got to taste Cheval Blanc 1949. Yep. Let, yep. Me, let me finish on an episode when I went behind the scenes at the Fort Knox of Wine. Good I'll thing, shut up now. Yeah, yeah, good thing I'm not the jealous type, isn't it? Um, and on the on the subject of classics, back to the classics, um, we also covered the new champagne with um, Cristal winemaker Jean-Baptiste Le Caillon. Mm. And then in a subsequent programme, we geeked out, didn't we, on dosage in sparkling wine and how people are tinkering around with it with surprising results. Yeah, we did. Talking of surprising, we've also touched on Georgia, um, Ukraine, just trying to remember these. Mm. Armenia. We did, yeah. Wines actually, yeah, from the yeah. Arab world, including Lebanon yep. and Algeria, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting one. And then to sort of slightly switch focus a little bit, you know, in our comedic fake booze episode, we got into pet nad mm. wine and mm. hot cross bun gin. We did. I, I am not going not to go any quite further. Quite sure how we went there, but uh, there we go. any of that, you have to hear it to that episode to, to believe, believe it, it all. Yeah. Uh, also you know sort of on the frontiers of wine more recently we explored how climate change means England looks set to become a serious red wine producer potentially it does mm. uh, and amid all of that we've been feeding our
our bellies as well as our brains with our food and wine matching series. Mm. Uh, firstly, exploring the science of, of taste with Professor Charles Spence, then going on to outline why we believe taking some time to get food and wine matching right is definitely worth it, uh, despite mm. some of the, the naysayers yeah. claim. Um, and we, we put some flesh around the bones of this argument um, by finding wines to go with everyday dishes like chicken curry, veggie pizza, otherwise known as a tart, um, <laughs> roast lamb, spaghetti bolognese and fish pie. All of which has been great fun and hugely educational um, for, for, for us as, as much as I hope you guys. Now we are going to come on to our wines and wine of the year very shortly. We haven't forgotten. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so actually, incidentally, now I think about it, that's not actually unknown for us. Something we're going to be coming on to in a second. <laughs> what are you um, going to admit? But, but, but one thing we've also enjoyed, um, and which we've worked in along the way, has been your input, you know, your comments, your ratings, your reviews, and indeed your questions. Uh, we wanted to feature a couple of things in this sense, didn't we? Mm, we um, did, we did. So to start with, there have been a fair few messages we haven't been able to feature, but we thought if we made a quick edit of just a, a small selection, we should we could feature them now. So here we go. Hi, Susan Peter. It's Shay Balfe from uh, Dublin, Ireland. Love the uh, podcast. Um, still only on season one. I will get through it all. Susie, Peter, legends. This is Bevis Sydney entering your fabulous Cote de Bordeaux competition. Only last week I shared the magic of wine blast with my friend Don. I sent him a link to the excellent Coffee Dorks and Wine Nerds episode. I can only apologise for choosing to share an episode that perhaps did not paint you in the most positive light. Hi Susie and Pete. Having retreated to parents after breaking my foot, your vibrant discussions and interviews with cutting-edge producers have kept me amused, interested and, most importantly, pedalling on my one-legged peloton recovery rides. The Champagne Sauterne cocktail lifted by Tarte Blood Orange, as recommended by Laure on Bordeaux's White Bank, is a much better medicine than paracetamol. Hey, Susie and Peter. Thanks so much for the podcast. I'm a huge fan. Um, it really brightens up my drive to school in the morning and helps me think about what I'm going to drink that weekend. Hi, Susie and Peter. Uh, it's Paul from Wimbledon. I uh, really enjoyed the last podcast. Thanks very much. Um, it reminded me of a time a year or so ago when there was actually a really bad fire at the wine storage facility uh, that I use. You know, a bit of a first world problem, but there was a time when I thought I'd lost all of it. It was pretty sad because it's been a long time building it up and there's a lot of special bottles in there, lots of uh, memories around how I was given them, bought them. Uh, anyway, in the end, uh, when they'd done the assessment, my section where my wine was was unaffected, so it didn't impact me. But really important lesson for me in uh, the importance of insurance. It's also a lesson for me in the importance of drinking the wine, um, I think, because there were some bottles in there that, frankly, were ready to drink, but um, just holding off, waiting for the right time. But the right time is uh, now, isn't it, always, when wine's ready? So uh, after after all that, I dug a few out had a... Quintarelli 2004 Amarone it's fabulous with some friends yeah better to drink it and enjoy it than leave it somewhere um, tucked away uh, underground anyway thanks again keep up the great work so um, I hope you've managed to catch up now Shay yes. Bevis yeah. Bevis we forgive you Phoebe hope your foot's recovered cheers to you Nick and thanks to Paul for that valuable mm. reminder that wine is for drinking and enjoying Carpe diem. Mm. Uh, speaking of which, I did just want to give a quick shout out to listener Becky, who runs a business called Legs Body Finish. 
uh, which does baby oh, yeah. friendly wine <laughs> tastings. Look, just Betty. Stick with <laughs> there me. There we go. Got in touch on Instagram. Uh, she says she Did does baby know? friendly wine tastings in London called Champers and Pampers. Apparently, it makes parents very happy. I bet it does. Mm. Uh, Becky Dad's listens to Wine Blast sound of things. <laughs> on her way to the tastings and recommends it to fellow parents as a thing to do on walks with the buggy to get the baby off to sleep. So Wine Blast sends babies to sleep. <laughs> I think it's more the walk that sends the baby to sleep. Wine Blast keeps the parents entertained. Mm. I think that's the idea. Mm. But, you know, maybe we could use that as a marketing slogan. Mm. Like, you know, it could work. What do you think? Get back in touch with Becky about that. I will get you? back in touch with Becky. <laughs> Becky, I'll be back in touch. It's been sanctioned by Susie. Here we go. I'm sorry, Becky. Um, and talking of marketing, did you know we're also developing a sideline of successful agony aunts? That's news to me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. well, we could do with the extra income stream. Uh, keep going. Uh, <laughs> no, well, if you, I don't know if you remember, but Jonathan from New York got in touch because his wine fridge was malfunctioning mm. and he wanted to check if he was putting his wine, as he said, wine treasures at risk. Uh, now, we mm. doled out some very earnest advice, as we always do. And, and recently he got back in touch to say the following. Hi, Susie and Peter. This is Jonathan again from New York. I wanted to thank you for your response to my question, and I wanted to let you know that the retailer gave me a full refund for that faulty wine fridge, and I was able to use the money to get a new wine fridge from a different manufacturer that works absolutely perfectly, and now all of my delicious treasures from Champagne and Bordeaux and uh, Tuscany are, are aging gracefully. Hopefully, I age as gracefully as they do. Brilliant. We love it when things work out. Mm. Uh, the only thing I'd add, Jonathan, is that ageing gracefully is fine for wine, but overrated for people. <laughs> Much better to enjoy those wine treasures and then behave disgracefully. <laughs> that would be my two penneth as a very amateur agony aunt. <laughs> this is probably why we don't have much of a career future on that front. But uh, thank not. you, Jonathan. We're glad it's worked out for you. Uh, moving on, I, I just mentioned now, didn't I, about forgetfulness. You did. Right. Did you? I did. <laughs> nice. ha, ha. Uh, I, I usually just blame the wine for this on a daily basis. You do. Uh, you know, Don't hazard of the profession, everyone buys that. Um, but prepping for this episode has thrown up something really quite funny and worrying. Go on, uh, which go I on. Wanted to, which I wanted to share with you now. Um, so, you remember our episode on tasting 1982 Bordeaux? I do, yes, I do. Yes. Which I think we may have already mentioned. We may have not. touched on it. We may. It may be a painful memory, but we're going back there. But in that episode, what I'd forgotten is we mentioned a question that had been sent in by Kirsten in California, uh, which touched on a, on a sort of similar theme about silly money wine. Anyway, here's Kirsten's question in full. Hi, Peter and Susie. My name's Kirsten. I live in far northern California, and I'm a wine buyer for a food co-op, and I love listening to your podcast. And I've been listening to Burgundy Part 2, and everybody complaining about how much they love Burgundy, but they hate the cost. And I literally just wrote a shelf talker yesterday about Domaine Tempier Bandol Rosé and the fact that it's $56 a bottle on the shelf and how I would long to buy a case and drink it all the time, even though I have a grocery store salary. But my question is, what wine are people willing to pay that much money for regardless of how silly, frivolous, upset it makes them because they love that wine so much. I'm curious what wine you all would pay 
what you think is a lot of money for compared to your salary. As always, thank you. And please keep the good stuff coming. Cheers. Right. So in that episode, which is, I think, Series 3, Episode 21, we said, in all earnestness, we would follow up on this excellent question. And we did actually put this question out on social media and got some great answers and had a a full episode ready to go. And then somehow we forgot all about it. No way. (laughs) Unless, unless, Unless I'm forgetting about the fact we did actually do it. Um, you know, oh either God, way, the thing is, I can't remember thing, either. This whole thing is doing my head in, uh, and I feel like I need a glass of wine to to, to sort of calm down. <laughs> so, but, but just let Help me get me this, let me get this straight. Yeah. We can't actually remember if we've done this episode. We probably haven't, but somehow this sort of question got lost. Now, to my mind, there is an easy fix. You go on, go on. Our listeners are far more on the ball than we are. It wouldn't be hard, and they are. So they can remind us, please, lovely listeners, Mm. can you remind us if we've already done this episode? And then if we haven't, which we (laughs) strongly suspect we haven't, we have a fun episode ready to go for next year. I love where your head's at. And we just admit that we have absolutely no capacity to remember anything any longer. (laughs) Your your mind is clearly not as wine addled as mine. I'm not Not sure it's entirely professional to to rely on our listeners to tell us if we have or haven't done a show. But they you know, hey, here we are. Oh, hey, hey. Anyway, in the meantime, Kirsten, thanks for the question. Um, If anyone else wants to let us know what their silly money wine would be Mm. before we finally get round to making this programme, then get in touch. Who knows? Um, Yeah, who knows? (laughs) We can still feature you if you do. Now, anyway, on the subject of special bottles, we are yep. getting on to our wines of the year and we do have one final question to feature before that. So it okay. is as follows. Susie and Peter, my name's Chris and I'd like to ask you about opening wines to breathe before you drink them. So recently I read Jane McQuitty in The Times and she said that she thought you shouldn't do it at all. It makes no difference. But every other person I've ever read or heard has said that you should. So how long should you open them for? Let's take, for example, a Chateau Latour 2006 versus a Chateau Latour 1990. Let's take a Barolo 2016 versus a Barolo 2000. Let's take a Nuit Saint-Georges Premier Cru 2016 versus 2000 again. How long and how do you know how long you should open these wines in order to let them breathe? It's a big question, Chris, but a very good one. Mm. Um, And I guess one way of providing a a pretty brief answer would be to say that we would tend to agree with Jane. We don't really open open wines to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, even just agreeing with Jane is something that feels a bit strange. Uh, (laughs) Inviting a a tsunami of abuse from the sommelier community is probably not wise either. Um, But but no, 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 just just joking aside. It is true. We we don't tend to open our wines in advance to breathe, do we? No, um, no, no. But I guess that's partly because oh, I don't know. We're quite interested, you know, nerds that we are, in how things open up over time in the glass. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of what we want to sort of keep an eye on, and, and yeah. they do open up in the glass. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, letting breathe. certain wines breathe does improve them. Some mm. wines are actually better the next day, that's true. but but they're the exception, and it's often. Hard to predict. Mm. That's the point. Mm. Now, now, so what we'd say is to allow wine to breathe, you need to decant it. You know, just leaving it in the bottle, taking the cork out, that's going to have virtually no effect whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. But decanting in advance is something to do. 
with younger wines, mm. you know, like the, I say younger, but like the Latouro 6 or the Barolo 2016 or the Nuit Saint-Georges 2016. And it's to help them kind of open up and kind of harmonise mm. or just show better, yeah, yeah. taste better. Yeah, and, and you can decant older wines, um, partly to get them off the sediment, I guess. Um, but we find it's better just to pour them carefully rather than decanting because that way you can track the wine's evolution in the glass and you don't risk them overly oxidising and effectively spoiling before you drink them, which would be a disaster. Now, that's often the case with sort of much older wines than, let's say, a Latour 2000. But, you know, it's just worth bearing in mind. You know, with really fine wines like this, we find it's just good to take time over them. And equally, you know, when you do so, you may decide, Chris, that a certain amount of time with air is optimal for a specific wine for you. If so, fill your boots, you know, decant it like that in the future. Bear that in mind, make a note and, and come back to it. Just be aware, you know, that the wine is still evolving in bottles. So this sort of neat calculation may alter over time. I like the make a note. Make, make a note, make, make a note. note. In your notebook. In your notebook. Just make a note and then drink the stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it's not straightforward, is it? Um, but on an entirely professional note, Chris, uh, given how good your cellar clearly is, we'd happily come and advise on this uh, breathing business in Indeed. person. Uh, you know, maybe a few controlled experiments with the Latours from various vintages. But you can also provide Perhaps. a really dodgy agony art service at the same time, Chris, if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> time to move on. Oh, um, thanks to everyone who's sent in questions or messages. Keep them coming. Uh, we love them. Sorry if we've missed any. Uh, do give us a nudge if we ever do forget which if, we, if. we clearly do. We do. On we occasion. Do. Anyway, what we haven't forgotten, though, is that it's time for our wines and wine Oh, my of- God. The year. We've remembered. Woo-hoo. We've remembered the one reason for doing, for doing the show. the podcast. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Nailed, now, nailed now, it. let's let's get on to it. We, we featured two Watties so far yeah. on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, our first year, we did Vas Felix Filius Chardonnay mm. from Western Australia, a stunning wine that we have drunk oh, gallons of. Really um, and last year, we did Raúl Perez La Vitoriana oh. from Bietho in Spain. Oh. So that was a delicious red that just mm. blew our minds. Yeah. So this year, we wanted to feature. Something different. We did, we did. And we also, as I said, uh, wanted to put the focus on value wines because, you know, this year has been a tough year for many people and the cost of living crisis and rampant inflation is very real. So, you know, that means that budgets are squeezed more than ever. So we wanted to sort of slightly reflect that and give give options on that front. It doesn't mean we won't be mentioning the odd treat. Yeah, no, but, that's that's very you know, true. But, yeah, And we, we, we should add at this point that <laughs> what started as just one wine of the year, we couldn't keep it simple, could we? It's now yeah. morphed into a whole selection yes. hasn't it so so when we were trying to choose our wine of the year it sort of threw up all kinds of great wines mm. and we were mm. we were saying but we should at least give these a shout out yeah. so we're going to flag up a few options before getting on to our actual watty yeah well it's, it's part of the dra- drama it's building up the tension it is the tension Here in third go. place in second place <laughs> and <laughs> who's going home runner up you're going you're fired yeah no um, I shouldn't say. Go that, go go! Come on. We, now we should say this is, of course, primarily focused on wines available in the UK market. Uh, but for those of you listening elsewhere, there may well be the same or similar wines available, and well worth seeking out. You know, as I said at the top of the show, one of the main points of this is to give you ideas or inspiration for delicious wines to drink over the festive period, not just the exact bottles. Uh, also, just to help remind you of the best bottles you've had this year. Yeah. Enough faffing. Okay. Wine time. Sorry. Where did we want to start? Well, I suppose fizz. Fizz comes first, doesn't uh-huh. it? So yeah, let's not? start there. And okay. and we, if we're talking value fizz, then a good cremon 
usually fits the bill. Mm. So Cremant from France. And one we'd flag up is the Marks and Spencer Cremant de Bourgogne Brut NV mm. at £12, which yeah. I tasted very recently and was really impressed um, uh, by it. And and this was after you also did a blind tasting where it did very well as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is a blind tasting for which magazine to find the best value Christmas wines from UK supermarkets. Uh, and this was just one of my favourites, you know, a sort of mini champagne style, but but much easier going in a way. It mm. definitely got creamy apple flavours, but just amazing value, you know, as Cremant de Bourgogne often can be. Yeah. You know, you do forget that sort of not far off one in 10 bottles of Burgundy are actually fizz. And some of it is fantastic value. It's well worth bearing in mind. Seeking out, mm. yeah. And you, you you also like the Tesco finest Premier Cru Champagne in that tasting uh, yeah, as well, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, briefly, I, I think it was my top mark in the end, actually. It was a lovely sort of classic champagne uh, style, only 23 quid. And I have just read, I think, that if you're a club card holder and do the 25% off six or more bottles until the 4th of December. You can actually pick that one up for a slightly absurd £15. Mm. Um, but I'm looking at you slightly grimacing. <laughs> you know, Do we agree, Susie Barry, MW, with mm. deep champagne discounts at Christmas? Uh, not really, to no. be honest. Um, I, I know I know, it's very tempting to buy champagne when it's on a crazy offer, um, but it, it does kind of devalue the category, if I'm mm. allowed to say that. Um, and frankly, you know, Let's be more positive. We think it's far more rewarding to buy something local or from an independent retailer that is fairly priced and much more interesting to talk about and to drink. Mm, yes, you know? as a wine lover. Yeah, and on, actually on which note, here's another suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been very impressed by so many English sparkling wines this year, partly from our visits and tastings far and wide, um, mm. but also in, in when I was chairing the, the Wine GB Awards. And mm. um, we simply do not have time to name them all at all you know just go yeah. and look for your local vineyard and buy something uh, but one producer we would like to highlight is Harrow and Hope in Buckinghamshire they tend to fly under the mm. radar but mm. they make consistently delicious and very fairly priced English yep. wine and we'd give their Brute Reserve number six a big shout out um, it's £32 from Jeroboam's or direct from the winery it's also available in Scandinavia and Hong Kong it got a trophy at the Wine GB Awards Ooh. and it's Appley and biscuity and just hugely appealing. So Harrow and Hope, Brute Reserve number six. Great shots there, great shots there. So it sounds like you're doing the wholesome recommendations and I'm on sort of cynical discounts and the like. So uh, that means I should probably <laughs> also take on the role of shameless self-promoter. Go for and, it. And give a plug here for our oh, very own that as well. English yeah. sparkling wine, Hope and Glory. Uh, I feel like I, I should sing that, but I will so save p- you. This is easy to remember because we've got Harrow and Hope. Or hope and glory. And there we go. Hope and glory. It's, it's the hope is the hope is there. Is the recurrent theme. We have hope. We have hope. You will buy this because. Uh, but why do we want people to buy this? Uh, because all proceeds are going to the Marine Conservation Society charity, an Indeed amazing charity doing brilliant work. Now we've got two utterly delicious oak-aged Hampshire sparkling wines that we made in collaboration with the brilliant Hattingley Valley. We still have a few bottles left, and and to make the offer irresistible, we've taken a huge forty percent ish off <laughs> that might my, my mass is never brilliant off the blend it is pretty much 40% <laughs> off, off the wine so yeah. the blend 2017 is now 20 pounds a bottle that's yeah. insane this is down traditional from, method English barking oh, wine from Hampshire wine. that is down delicious Pinot Meunier dominant but with Chardonnay okay it's down from so it's, it's 20 pounds down from 35 pounds 
Um, and you can also get the duo set with the Blanc de Blanc 2016, another sumptuous wine. So both mm. wines for £50, and that's down from £75. Yeah. So please do help us raise some great cash for a great cause. Uh, the bottles are cool. They're delicious. So it's win-win. Uh, you can get them from hattingleyvalley.com, uh, and we'll put a link up too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you have got to tap with in their own little hope presentation and box. They own presentation box. But blah, you've got blah, to tap blah, in blah. hope and glory if you want to, to find them on the Hattingley site. Okay. Plug, plug, plug. Are you done? Yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> Moving on to festive reds. Now, two great value. We're back to value, value recommendations. If you're having, uh, sorry, if you're after something sort of simple, refreshing, fruity, not sweet, then the El Aviador Tempranillo 2021 from Spain is just five ninety nine at Majestic. Mm. And it looks pretty good too, doesn't it? Yeah. Pretty smart bottle. Um, another option is the Vinet Carascal Corte Tinto 2018 from Argentina. Uh, it's only ten ninety five mm. at the Wine Society, but it is like, it's like aged claret on speed, isn't it? You know, tobacco, you've got tobacco, <laughs> roasted pepper, there's some firm tannin, but it's also fleshy and spicy. So much wine yeah. for the money. It's a ten ninety five. It's a stonking total value. Bargain. That, if you're a Bordeaux it? fan and you want something a little bit more fun, it, yeah. it's amazing. And it's bit, such a good value. Bit richer, yeah. 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 Uh, so if you want to push the boat out a little bit more, uh, I'd flag up the Mirlust Merlot 2017, uh, which is twenty pounds at Majestic on their offer. I am full of the joys of South African wine, as you as you know. We do, uh, we you know, do. Why is that? Just got back from filming our latest Wild Side of Wine show oh, out there. Come on, then tell us about it. We all want to know what a I know great time you've been you having. Are desperate to hear about it again, but for the benefit of our listeners, you know, um, I don't, I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, and I'm not going to go on too long. Spoilers. 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 Did you say spoilers? Oh, yeah, I don't want to give a spoilers or spoilers. <laughs> What's a spoiler? Neither. Neither. <laughs> but anyway, um, so quick summary was I went wine tasting with giraffes. Oh, I need some long glasses for that, I presume. We know very long glasses. Uh, I tried my hand at welding and no brakes go-karting. I uh, got chased by huge seals. I dodged a few sharks at surfing. I uh, got involved with barbecuing sheep's heads and I, I even planted some kale and but that's a bit of a funny juxtaposition, isn't it? I planted kale. Barbecuing sheep's heads and planting kale. Well, it's like yin and yang. <laughs> I feel I made up for the vegetarian community by doing... Anyway, uh, let's not go there. No, that's but, not. But no, the big no. finale was I got. We'll I even trouble. got captured on film dancing. Whoa, and you never dance when you're sober. Who said I was sober? Yeah. Either way, I'd love to see that footage. Um, did you actually do any wine tasting? I mean, you told me this was work. Yeah, yeah we did do a bit. We're honest. We I'm did not, do I'm not a sure bit. you did. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, the series should be coming out in 2023. So perhaps we can all judge for ourselves then. Mm. You know, how much work was involved. But just or to how say, good your dancing is. Well, that's very true. I think we know the answer to that. Um, that is a spoiler or and a spoiler. Uh, just to say, <laughs> you know, as by general comment, South Africa is so cool. Um, it's such a great place to visit and enjoy. It's so vibrant and full of life. The food is amazing. The wines are so exciting. Um, you have to, we all have to visit. We should visit and support. It's a brilliant place. Um, but coming back to the wine, you know, one good thing South Africa wine can do is sort of be like a bridge between old and new worlds. Mm. Uh, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it, it's worth repeating. You know, you, you often in the wines get this boldness and energy of the new world, but with a kind of elegance and savoury appeal of the old world. It's such a lovely place, space to be operating. Um, and, and this Merlot, is just that, you know, Mirlust is a very historic 
family estate in Stellenbosch. It makes classical wines. And this Merlot is absolutely in that mould. Yes, it's £20, but it's still amazing value. It's sort of peppery and gorgeous and firm tannin. I'd say it's way better than many other Merlots. For example, from Bordeaux at, what, you know, two, three, mm. you know, even 10 times mm. the price. Yeah. It really stands the comparison. Yeah, I mean, Merlots just make great wines. They really it doesn't do, really actually. matter what you buy from Merlot. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it doesn't disappoint. And there are so um, many South African wines at this sort of price point, which are really are, exciting. Yeah, White and yeah, red. Yeah, worth, worth looking into. Now, on the subject of reds, we did just want to throw in the idea of yeah. some alternative formats by way of inspiration, didn't we? Um, for example, why not go for a Magnum this Christmas, especially mm. if you're having like a whole load of people over and one great value option is a magnum of salice salentino reserva valone i think that's how you say it Mm. maybe 2018 from italy it's 1980 19 pounds 80 from the wine society and it's full of juicy jammy red fruit it's very typically sunny and 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 a perfect party wine Mm. Or if you want to push the boat out a bit more, a magnum of Berry Brothers and Rudd own label, Santa Barbara County, sorry, Santa Barbara County Pinot Noir 2019, made by Aubon Climat. It's £52 and it is just sensational. We've got it here, haven't we? And yeah, is, I'm, good. I'm, oh, just, I'm just enjoying The oh. perfect Christmas magnum. Oh my word, it's such a good wine. And I completely agree, nothing gets the party going like a magnum. No, That's a great no. shout. And Christmas is a time when you've got enough people around. Yeah, exactly. Let's go for magnums, people. Um, but, you know, in terms of alternative formats, don't forget things like cans and also bagging boxes, etc., etc. Um, these things can be much better for the planet in terms of carbon emissions. Uh, and, of course, you've got, you know, lots of wines, lots of wine in a bagging box. And if you're having lots of people over, these things can work really, really well. You know, if you're worried it doesn't look posh enough, well, just uh, decant it from the bagging box into an empty bottle or a decanter, Chris. There we go. I'm not sure you get your Latour in a bagging box, but hey, you know, stick it, stick it in a decanter. It looks great. You know, so the one we'd recommend here is the Michael Opitz uh, Buddy Talk Bergenland Red 2019, which is £42.84, two and a quarter litres from bibwine.co.uk. Well worth it. Austrian Red, try, there you go. Yeah. Right. So one last wine to tip before our wine of the year. And it's the most gorgeous sweet wine i was oh i was just <laughs> in this, heaven when i tasted this it's the gonzalez bias apostolis palo cotardo 30 year old just heavenly it's sweet intense nutty you've got caramel flavors there it's not cheap it's 19 pounds 99 for half a bottle but you don't need very much of it so that's at waitrose and um, you can also get it in the us and and all over the place but believe me people you need this wine in your life at christmas you sound like you sound like you need more than a little bit in your life. Yeah, you, know, you sound like yeah. this. This is a sherry to a good old a good old dollar for that. For a, with. Yeah, okay. it'll That's... get you through Christmas and New Year. <laughs> And everything. And the rest of the year. And summer. Anyway, uh, we should say that many of these recommendations are featured in an article we've done for Decanter magazine in their Christmas 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020. It's never ending, is it? It will be appearing every Christmas. Every Christmas for the next. DJing. Christmas 2020. I can't even say it. Can you say it for me? I think it's the 2022 edition. edition. Too much of that Santa Barbara. Uh, It's out now, isn't it? Um, And we'll put it up on our website in due course. Uh, The piece is themed around wines for different occasions, like uh, parties, Christmas morning, big lunch, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve. So, you know, do check that out for even more of our top tips. There really are some delicious wines in there, aren't there? We've tasted so many wines to make that selection. We tasted a lot for that selection. Brilliant, brilliant thing to do. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were lucky to do that one. But now, the big moment is here. We've done fizz, we've done red, we've done sweet, we've done alternative formats. What do we need? We um, need a white. 
white. And that white is our wine of the year. Mm. It is... Wait, wait. Oh, I was going to get a drum ready for this. Oh, uh, you, you let me down. Go on, go on, you do something. Amazing, just, amazing. Is that my forehead? The wine of the year is the Main Divide Riesling 2019. Yes. It's made by the brilliant Pegasus Bay in North mm. Canterbury, New Zealand, and it is a total bargain at 10.99 at Majestic. Yeah, so so we chose this one partly because it's delicious. You know, it's really <laughs> it serious. Serious Riesling, yeah. Uh, complex, rich, very versatile with food. Think Christmas curry, but frankly, you could put this down with pretty Turkey much curry. anything and mm. it would work. Mm. Uh, it's important to say, maybe not for everyone. You know, its style is very pungent. It's got tons of like rich green apple, I've got it here in another glass, mm. it, you know, baked cream. It's sort of orange zest. And there's definitely loads of petrol, something you picked up on quite strongly, wasn't it? And the palate is really succulent, but also fresh and mineral. There's a tension there, but it's just kind of off dry finally. I mean, it's sensational value for money is what it really is. That's, yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 10 99 yeah. for that wine is just... It, it, and it's, it's full of character. It's just different. I mean, we're huge fans of the entire Pegasus Bay range. They're a great producer. It's the Donaldson family based in Waipara on the South Island. Um, they, they hang the grape for a long time to increase complexity and mm-hmm. um, they hold wines back before releasing because they think the wines are better for it yeah. and they're just really properly characterful wines yeah. you know the Sem Sauve um, is beautiful and flinty so that blend of Semillon Sauvignon Blanc the Chardonnay is nutty and savoury and salty the Pinot Noir the red Pinot Noir is just really funky and foresty and spicy and they have then a whole range of Rieslings, which are all heavenly. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is one, you know, and at a great price. Um, and you can actually get it in quite a few places around the world. So do, mm. it's not just in the UK. So um, do you And the do Pegasus have, Bay range in general, you know, is pretty The Pegasus widely, Bay range in general and also available. this wine. You know, so I'd say Riesling all round uh, for Christmas is our prescription this year, is it not? Uh, don't forget Chardonnay. We do love oh, a yeah, bit of right, Chardonnay right. as well, don't we? <laughs> Doesn't have to. We don't have to have one grape for Christmas. Well, no, we can't do that. That's true. Yeah, and, that's I mean, there true. are so many good ones out there in terms of Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, check out our decanter piece yeah. again for loads of great yeah, options. Of course, of course. Good shout. Packed full of of Chardonnays in there. Um, on which note, we will raise a glass and we will leave you, lovely people, in peace. Uh, thank you so much for your support this year. We really appreciate you taking the time to tune in, uh, spend time with us, and to send us in your feedback and questions too. Of course, um, don't be afraid to give us a Christmas. Present present in the form of a nice rating and review or send him in a new christmas jumper because he needs one <laughs> should see what he's I wearing oh did. my lord uh, anyway we do have another brilliant couple of episodes coming up in the next few weeks so keep an eye out for those thank you for joining us until next time cheers to you 